Welcome back to The Author Biz. I'm Stephen Campbell, and this is the show where we deliver the information you need to become the CEO of your author business. Today, we're digging into a subject that always generates some discussion, both pro and con when it's mentioned on the show. That subject is dictation, uh, using dictation to write either part or all of your books. Our guest today is Scott Baker. Scott has written dozens of books under various pen names and spent most of the last decade working as a freelance writer for different publications in the UK. He first began dabbling with Dragon voice recognition software in the late 1990s and now uses it on a daily basis, taking advantage of the tricks and techniques used by professionals within the speech recognition industry to write thousands of words per hour. And we'll get to that interview in a few minutes. But first, it's a beautiful Saturday, just absolutely an amazing Saturday morning here in uh, Naples, Florida. I've been out scurrying around town for uh, much of the morning. It's now 11 a.m. We've got all the windows open and the breeze is blowing through. It's just fabulous. Uh, last week, we had a cold front. I ran a race last Sunday, and it just so happened to be what I'm sure will wind up being the coldest morning of the year, and I'm such a wimp. I'm out there running the race in sweatpants and a sweatshirt, and uh, it's kind of embarrassing, but it, it was cold. It was 39 degrees, which is really cold down here, and it was windy, and I'm uh, just so thankful that it's uh, warm and sunny again today. I just kind of wanted to share that with you. Hopefully, it's, it's nice wherever you are. Um, one of the things that came out of my interview with, with Scott, and if you're in the Author Biz Facebook group, you already know this, um, but I, I was so excited about our discussion that I, I went quickly to Amazon as soon as we finished and ordered Dragon Dictation software and the other things that I needed to be able to do to run Dragon on my Mac. And what I wound up doing was to buy Parallels software, which allows me to run Windows, soft, Windows and Windows software on the Mac based on Scott's advice during the interview where he, he feels strongly that the Windows version of Dragon Dictation is superior to the Mac version. So I, I wanted to follow his advice, and I, I got it, everything set up, and I'm really enjoying uh, using the, the Dictation software. I'm, I'm struggling a little bit with the idea of writing dialogue and things like that with it. I'm still trying to get my arms around how to do that and, and make it natural, but I'm getting there. And it is amazing the number of words per hour that you're able to produce, especially in a first draft type scenario. So I, I tell you all of that because you may get excited when you hear the interview and decide to do some of the same things. I will have links to everything that Scott mentions as well as um, some other things, uh, microphones, different microphones and things in the show notes. And those are affiliate links. So if you do get excited and decide to buy those and you want to help to support the show, if you go to the website, theauthorbiz.com, you'll find these links in the show notes. And clicking through those links will generate some income for the show. And I will uh, be grateful to you for doing that. All right, now one last thing before we get to the interview. I posed a question in the AuthorBiz Facebook group at the end of last year asking uh, group members what their publication plans were for the coming year, what the targets were. And the exact question was, how many titles, novels, novellas, short stories are you planning to publish in 2017? I went first. My number was four. Several dozen other people responded with comments, and I'd say the majority, like maybe slightly more than half, were in the uh, three, four, five range. Uh, but there were there were a number of people in the group who are targeting ten plus books for the coming year, uh, including Scott Paul, who was uh, who hit the high water mark. Uh, Scott was a, a guest on a previous. Uh, episode of the show. His number for the year is 20 to 24, uh, which is basically what he did in 2016. So it seems amazing, but he's just duplicating what he did in 2016. So I'm curious what your number is. I'd love, I'd love to know. If you didn't get a chance to, uh, to leave that in the AuthorBiz Facebook group, you're certainly welcome to join the group and, uh, and find that comment and, uh, and, and leave it there. Or you could just leave it as a comment in the show notes 
Uh, hopefully you can hear the cat crying in the background because she wants to be fed. Uh, so it's, it's probably time to get on with the show. The first question that I asked Scott Baker, and Scott, by the way, has uh, recently written a book, The Writer's Guide to Training Your Dragon, Using Speech Recognition Software to Dictate Your Book and Supercharge Your Writing Workflow. The first question that I asked Scott was uh, pretty basic. It's what is dictation and why is this something that authors should be aware of as an option for writing? Well, it's a, that's a really good question. I mean, first and foremost, um, for me, it was uh, it wasn't an option. Uh, I, I actually had uh, an issue where I'd uh, managed to get several of the discs in my back completely uh, wrecked, <laughs> which was partly as a result of you know of writing for a living. You know, mm-hmm. it's a sed- it's a sedentary life and. Uh, it's funny because, you know, I've, I've had back problems on and off for, for, for most of my adult life, but you never really see it coming. You know, when it happens, it, it, it's pretty instant. And I suddenly found myself literally flat on my back for months. You know, this was the prospect. I had no um, option other than to ride it out and, and let it heal. Mm-hmm. And I, cu- I couldn't even sit upright. You know, I literally had to be on my back for several months. And I was mainly working as a freelance writer at the time. I was also writing some fiction, um, but I was mainly a freelance writer for some magazines over here. And suddenly I was faced with with the very real prospect of not being able to earn anything. You know, it it was a case of I've got to find a solution here. I can't hold a laptop in the air and type, Mm -hmm. you know, one letter at a time. So I didn't have much, much choice. But luckily... I've never been it one of my weaknesses turned out to be a, a strength in the end because I've never been a fast typist. Um, I've I never learned to touch type. So the, the best I could manage was about 40 to 50 words a minute. Um, so it, it was it, I was in a situation where I, I was always up against deadlines anyway uh, and struggling to meet them to some degree because obviously I was such a slow typist. So I'd already gone down the path of starting to use dictation. It was something that I started looking at about 20 years ago um, when it was awful. I mean, we would openly point and laugh at some of the stuff it used to come out with. Um, And it was one of those things that it was so ahead of its time, you know. (laughs) But I remember thinking, there's something here. You know, this is such an incredible thing. Um, But the technology just wasn't ready. It was nowhere near ready. and then when this happened, I'd already started to use Dragon just to kind of get higher word counts and to get um, articles written more quickly. So luckily, I'd already started to train Dragon in that in that way anyway, to be accurate. Uh, and then when my back went, I thought, well, now what? Well, the answer was simple. Just put on a, a wireless headset and dictate away. And I managed to write uh, through those three months without any issue. Um, and you know, I, I would get any, anything up to 5,000 words an hour written and I'd be lucky to, to hit a thousand words an hour type in anyway. So it, it, it came from two perspectives for me. It came from a position of, of health. And I think that's something a lot of authors have to ask themselves, you know, do you, what, what would happen if you just cannot write, if you really can't do it? You know, I hear so often people saying, oh, it's such a mental leap and, you know, I don't think I, I could get away with not typing. Well, what if you can't? What if your body mm-hmm. decides it's not going to happen? Um, I know, I, you know, again, I know of many people who've had horrific RSI uh, to the point where they couldn't even pick up a cup or, or turn a door handle, you know, and, and these are things which sometimes require surgery. These are things which can go on for months and months at a time. So if you're an author who earns their living from their writing, you're in big trouble. You know, you, you're suddenly faced with the prospect of not being able to write. So I look at it as an insurance policy against that. I look at it as, you know, something to do for your health. But I also look at it as something um, to do purely for productivity reasons, mm-hmm. you know, because even the fastest typists are going to struggle to to hit some of the, the crazy word counts you can get with dictation. And you're doing it with, again, a lot less strain. You know, it, it's as simple as one or two hours a day and your entire word count for the day could be done. You know, it's it's fantastic. It's great for bloggers. It's great for nonfiction authors, freelancers where, you know, speed to market can be the key. You know, you, you might need to get a lot of words out uh, in you know serious quantities. And 
you know, again, it, it's just something for me that has – there's a great competitive advantage to getting your workout quicker to readers as well, obviously. But it, it also has these these health benefits, which I don't think can be ignored. And I, I tend to find that once people have tried it and they really get into it, and I became obsessive about it. I became obsessive about the accuracy of it and what could be done. Once that happens for a lot of people and they get to that point, I, I don't think there's any going back. I um, We have a, a, a guest on the Author Biz who's been on a couple of times, S.J. Right. Pajonas, Stephanie yes. Pajonas. She's uh, on the uh, Dragon Riders Facebook group. Yes, and yes. I, I want to mention that group when we get to the end. And, and mm. again, we will have links to everything in the show notes, so you don't have to write things down if you're out running or – or driving or anything. We'll have all those links in the show notes. But Stephanie is someone that had some health problems. Her fingers were giving her trouble, and she just she was having a hard time typing, period. And, and she started using this, and now she's a very active proponent of, of, it, of the use of, of Dragon and gets a lot out of it. She's actually built herself a treadmill desk where she can, where she can uh, not type but talk into her headset while she's walking. It's fantastic, isn't it? Isn't that crazy? All right, let's. When I when I first heard about this, I just I, in my own mind, I was trying to imagine how it even worked. I'm going to put you on the spot. Can you give us an example <laughs> of how it works? Like, just dictate something to us as as though you were actually uh, dictating in, into Dragon. Okay, well, I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to really um, challenge myself here. I'm going to dictate. I'm going to go in at the deep end and dictate fiction. Now, I think fiction is the most difficult thing to um, to actually dictate uh, because it, it involves a lot of things like, like dialogue. And people always worry about punctuation, and it's never worse than in fiction. Mm-hmm. So uh, we're going we're gonna to go for that. Now, I'm going to do two things. I'm firstly going to dictate to you um, a paragraph or a, a you know a little bit of, of dialogue as it would appear in the book, and then I'm going to do it as I would dictate it in Dragon. Okay, so this is this is from a book. Well, it's it's from something I've already written. So so here we go. So it would say in the book, where did John go? I thought he was meeting you at the station at midday. Angela looked worried. He never arrived. I'm starting to think something terrible may have happened to him. Don't panic just yet, James said, placing a hand on her shoulder. It's too early to jump to any conclusions. Besides, we have work to do. Okay, now to to dictate that into Dragon, this is what I would say. And I'm going to say full stop uh, instead of period because I'm British. (laughs) Okay, Okay, so here we go. So this is the Dragon version. Open quote. Where did John go? Question mark. I thought he was meeting you at the station at midday? Question mark. Close quote. Angela looked worried. Full stop. Open quote. He never arrived. Full stop. I'm starting to think something terrible may have happened to him. Full stop. Close quote. Open quote. Don't panic just yet. Comma. Close quote. James said. Comma. Placing a hand on her shoulder. Full stop. Open quote. It's too early to jump to any conclusions. Full stop. Besides. Comma. We have work to do. Full stop. Close quote. Wow. Now that's the stuff of nightmares, right? Wow. <laughs> Seriously. That uh, is the stuff of nightmares. If so, I were right. listening, I would I think I would just turn this off now and yep. say, this isn't for me. But exactly. th- there there has to be a process for uh for understanding this and, and it becoming second nature. So maybe kind of work us walk us through that if you could. Sure. Okay. So so I mean that's that's an extreme example. I mean if if you're dictating uh, nonfiction it's really easy. I mean, you don't have any of that open quote, close quote nonsense. You still have to do things like commas and full stops and whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, A lot of people choose not to. A lot of people choose to to leave all of that out and just put that in during editing. Um, But I don't recommend you do that. I, I recommend you go all in and you decide to dictate everything. And the reason for that is because you get used to it really, really quickly. You'd be very surprised. Now, you know, when I just dictated that, it sounded awful, but I just do that without thinking now. Mm-hmm. And initially it was hell. Don't get me wrong. You know, it took me a good few days, not that long, but, you know, a good few days before I got used to that constant open quote, close quote, comma, all that sort of stuff. But that really is the worst case scenario. And you tend to find that, 
you, you get to a point where you just don't think about it in the same way you don't think about typing a, uh, a quote or typing a comma or typing a, a period. Mm-hmm. It just comes straight out of your fingers as you, as you hit the keyboard and, and, you know, you never go there mentally. And I think that eventually happens with Dragon as well. And, I, you know, I'm at a point now where, again, I'll, I'll be speaking to people and having to stop myself punctuating the conversation, you know, because I'm, <laughs> I'm so used to talking in this way. And it's, it's ridiculous, obviously. But the point is, I think it depends what you write. If you are writing a lot of fiction with a lot of dialogue, yeah, that, that part of it can slow you down a bit. But again, you get used to it. Uh, but if you're writing nonfiction or if you're a blogger or whatever, it's a very different story. And you can absolutely plow through uh, your word counts really quickly. And Stephanie does write fiction, and she not she only writes fiction, she writes Japanese fiction exactly. with, um, <laughs> you know, these Japanese names and things like that. So this is this yeah. is probably a good time to transition into training. You used the term mm. training earlier. So yeah. what what does that mean in terms of of training your software? And of course, you've written a book on all this called The Writer's sure. Guide to Training Your Dragon, which is a pretty darn clever name. But Thanks. you know, we we actually. <laughs> train dragon to understand this right absolutely now this is the the biggest issue that most people have they think that they can just you know install the software and start talking and the words magically appear on screen and to some degree that's true to some degree um you know nuance which is the company which makes dragon uh is big to kind of brag that you know it's 99% accurate out of the box but what you tend to find is you do very simple dictation when you first use it you're not really testing it you know, you, you'll say things like uh, I am dictating with naturally speaking on on a Mac full stop you know and mm-hmm. and of course it's going to get stuff like that it's easy it's when you start pushing it like you say with with Stephanie's Japanese characters and all of this sort of thing that's when it starts to to fall down for most people they get frustrated and go this is hopeless it's totally inaccurate and they give up And that's the mistake. The mistake is you must train it to what you write. So it's not just about voice recognition. It's about training the software to recognizing, one, your voice, and two, what you actually write. So it it doesn't just learn your voice. It learns the nuances of the, the subject matter that you're actually dictating to it. And you can even set up different profiles, and I recommend you do, for you know one for fiction, one for nonfiction, and so on, so that it doesn't confuse the two. And you'll find if you just spend a little bit of time doing that and going through the, the proper procedures and having the right equipment, you will get, you know, easily 99% accuracy. Uh, you know, we're talking one mistake in every hundred, and. There are little things it will always get wrong, like, you know, it'll mix up the and be or there and there, you know, just ignore those. There's no point correcting those. It'll always get stuff like that slightly wrong. But for the most part, it'll get everything else pretty much correct. Um, But you have to train it to you, not to not to anybody else's style of writing. Another mistake people make is they read the built in training texts that come with Dragon. And I don't recommend you do that at all Mm -hmm. because somebody else wrote it. You know, another another option the program gives you is to scan things like your emails. I don't recommend you do that at all because emails are full of spelling mistakes. You have replies to emails. Well, those original ones were written by somebody else and so on. So the easiest thing to do is to just train it purely to what you write and nothing else. And you'll see crazy accuracy. And when you say train it to what you write, do you mean by doing what you just demonstrated by doing the yeah. open quote, close quote, period, and then just actual text as though you're writing your own novel, that yes. kind of thing? So, yeah, absolutely. So so my method of training, apart from all of the, the equipment involved and things like that, is to actually um, – when you first set up what's called a profile, so within Dragon, the first time you set it up, it'll it'll give you a profile, and you call that whatever you want, and um, and then you train Dragon using documents you've already written. So you're gonna you're gonna go completely old school here. You're gonna print out maybe two thousand words that you've written mm-hmm. from a, from a story you've already written, and then you are going to dictate that to Dragon. As if, you know, you'll see the words appearing on the screen, but you're doing it as if you're dictating it into Dragon for the first time. 
And what Dragon is then doing, it is listening, it is recognizing your voice, but it is also learning how you write, the type of writing you're doing. And, you know, if there are open quotes and, you know, commas and whatever, put those in as well. You know, it'll always get those bits right, but put those in as well. Because, again, you're training yourself as well. You're training yourself to get used to doing this. And then when you're done, have a look at how Dragon's done. If there's any mistakes, you simply say correct that or correct, you know, that word or phrase. And Dragon will give you a list of what it thinks it could be. And you simply choose the one from the list that's correct. By doing that, you're further training Dragon. You're now telling it, that's what I meant to say. You almost got it, but this is what it should be. It records that, it knows that, and it'll adjust and tweak its algorithm to recognize it correctly the next time. And if there's things that it didn't get at all, you know, it, none of the suggestions are correct, you can say spell that and actually, you know, type in what it was you meant, get it to 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 record that, and then it'll it'll get that right next time as well. So you're constantly tweaking, and then you just repeat that exercise about two or three times, and you're done. That's it. You should have crazy accuracy from that point on. And how, how much time – so we, we've talked a, a couple days in terms of training yep. yourself to do this. How much time does it take to train Dragon to recognize your voice? You'd be you'd be very surprised. It, it will be extremely accurate almost immediately, um, as long as everything is correctly set up. Um, but if you if you do this exercise where you kind of you know uh, train it to however many thousand words you've written and do that two or three times, you're probably looking at a, a couple of days. You know, a couple of days. And, and then as you carry on dictating, as you start to really dictate, you've got to make sure to always correct its mistakes um, because it will still make them. It's, you know, it's a machine still. Um, but when it makes those mistakes, you always correct it. And by that, I mean, you speak to it, you tell it this was wrong and then it'll it'll correct it. It learns from that. If you just type, you know, over what it got wrong, it doesn't learn anything from that. So you should never be using the keyboard to to make corrections. You should always use your voice. And the more you talk to it and the more you, you correct it, the better it gets over time. But you'll get to the point where you'll hit such a high level of accuracy and that's it. If it's, you know, you can't really tweak it any further. You've probably hit the ceiling of, of how good it's going to get. And that should should be around the 99, 98, 99% mark. Is there is, is there a mechanism for going backwards? Say you're you're just dictating away and, and you see that in the prior paragraph there was there was an error. How do you do that without hitting the keyboard? Yeah. Now this uh, this differs slightly between the PC and the Mac versions. Okay. So the Mac version, <laughs> I mean we'll come to it later, I'm sure. But the, the Mac version has some serious issues in, in this department. It's never been as good as the PC version of the software. Um, and it tends to only be able to recognize, if you ask it to correct a word that's wrong, it only tends to correct the last instance of that word. Mm -hmm. So as you say, if it was three or four paragraphs up, you've got to kind of manually move the mouse up to that point to get okay. it to, to find it. It's not, it's, yeah, it's, it's not ideal. The PC version is a much more mature and, and um, stable piece of software. And that if you've got, say, multiple instances of an incorrect word, it'll highlight all of them uh, with a number. So let's say I got the word diary wrong, uh, or it got the word diary wrong. I'll say correct diary. And then if diary is, you know, five or six times in the document, it'll put a, a one or two or three or four next to every instance of it. So then whichever one is wrong, you just say choose four, choose two, whichever one it is, okay. and it'll correct, it'll correct that instance. Okay, now I, I was chatting one time with someone who had used Dragon for a while, and they made a comment which surprised me. They said something had gone wrong with their computer, and they lost their Dragon training. That, that made no sense to me because I assumed that this <laughs> was somehow like magically stored in the cloud somewhere. Um, I'm guessing that's not the case. It's not. It's not the case. It, it, it is an old school um, program in that it, it sits on your hard drive or your SSD and uh, it saves your profile to that hard drive. And as you know, you make corrections and it improves accuracy over time, it keeps saving over the profile. So it, it keeps tweaking its algorithm and slightly adjusting your profile over time. But that is stored on the hard drive. And what I recommend, there's two things you can do. You could either set the program up 
so that your profile is stored in cloud storage. Mm -hmm. So it's stored in a folder on your computer that is synchronized with OneDrive or Google Drive or whatever. Or you could uh, set it up within the program to make a backup of the profile every time you exit. And uh, or, you know, you, you don't have to do it every time you exit, but, you know, at intervals, it'll make up a backup of the profile. And you could have that maybe back up to a USB stick or back it up to, um, again, cloud storage or whatever. And that will save you if your hard drive dies. And and one thing, one big advantage, actually, I've got a, a free book uh, on all the different bookstores called Quick Cheats for writing with Dragon. It's it's That one's free. And if you download that, I've got instructions in there uh, telling you how to put it in cloud storage so that you can then use it across multiple computers. So when you when you buy a copy of Dragon, you can actually install it on two machines. Um, you can only use it on one at a time, obviously. Mm -hmm. But, I mean, why wouldn't <laughs> – how could you not? <laughs> but, you know, you, you can have it on two separate machines. You might have a desktop, you know, at, at the office and a laptop at home or whatever. Put it on both, but use um, cloud storage to have your profile stored um, between the two, and then you, you're going to have exactly the same accuracy across both machines. Oh, interesting, interesting, mm. and good to know. And we will link to uh, we will link to that free ebook. Um, let's sure. talk about hardware and 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 software, the differences, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, okay. Well, before we get to that, if someone's out there listening. And, th and they're hearing this and thinking, wow, I'd really like to try this. Is there a way to try it without making a massive investment in microphones and software mm -hmm. and everything? I I'm going to give you the brutally um, honest answer and say no. Okay. Uh, I, I think authors have to view this. I mean, obviously, your, your podcast is very much geared towards an author uh, you know, as a business. Mm -hmm. uh, authors have a business, and as a result – they have to have the right kit for that business. And I genuinely believe you have to invest in your business, no matter what it is. Um, and Dragon and the equipment you're going to use with Dragon is one of those investments. Uh, I think it's very important, that, and I stress this in the book, in um, The Writer's Guide to Training Your Dragon. I, I, I do a whole section on equipment and the fact that you, you really can't scrimp on this. You have to accept that there is a certain minimum level of expenditure um, where you are going to need certain kit in order to do this well. Uh, and one of the big mistakes people do, people make, is uh, they'll install the software, they'll dig out, you know, a five dollar headset, and they'll go, "Oh, my accuracy is terrible." Well, you think, you know, that's because you, you, it's garbage in equals garbage out. Mm -hmm. So if you've got a mi microphone, I mean, we're talking right now on on decent microphones. I'm assuming you've got you know, a podcasting mic of some kind, right? And I'm using um, a similar sort of setup here. And the audio is clear. You know, it's very clear. And that's the, that's the key. Dragon operates on clear audio. It's got to be clear. It's got to be loud enough. But more than anything, it's, it's just got to be good quality audio. And you need two kind of levels of investment. The first one is the microphone. And sadly, uh, and foolishly, I think, Nuance sometimes provide microphones with boxed versions of Dragon, and the microphones they provide are, are, are junk, basically. They, they, they shouldn't put them in the box mm. because they create a terrible user experience out of the box. They're not good enough. Again, they're $5 headsets. They're really poor quality. Um, so I would avoid those. Invest in a good microphone. That can be a desktop mic, a headset mic, a combination. It's up to you because you can have multiple microphones uh, to use with Dragon. So that's your first investment. Your next investment is your computer. Well, let me let me ask a question about the microphones sure. before we get to the computers. Um, it, does it make a difference uh, in, in terms of the profile? If, if I've got a headset that I work with on one computer, say at the office, and I've got a podcasting microphone at home, does yeah. that make a difference in terms of the profile? Should I Is that a shared profile thing or should I have different profiles? No, you can actually uh, set up multiple uh, – dictation sources as they call them um so multiple microphones on a single profile okay um so and and i wouldn't go crazy with it because i've seen people they'll have like eight different microphones and then everything starts to decline in quality all of the accuracy starts to to go to hell and and the problem with that is because they've just got too many audio sources they've got too much conflicting information and dragon is 
tweaking its algorithm to the nth degree here and and it's it's you know it's starting to fail so i recommend maybe having two or three microphones at most and you'll be absolutely fine and and what those should be or could be um one of them should be a, a decent desktop mic if if you'd rather sit at a desk one of them should be a decent headset and one of them should be a transcription device. So that can be a smartphone app or it can be an actual voice recorder. But those should be your free, um, pretty much your free microphone, your free dictation sources. And that is you set and good to go for pretty much any eventuality. How much should someone expect to pay for uh, a, a, a good enough headset? Well, surprisingly, <clears throat> I mean, some of, some of the... Um, good quality headsets out there are, are, are relatively inexpensive. You don't have to go crazy. Um, but one thing I will say is wired is always going to be better mm-hmm. than wireless. Um, I really don't recommend wireless. I just don't. Um, you know, it'll work. And I used it uh, when I was flat on my back, but you will get uh, lower accuracy nine times out of 10. Um, and also you're paying more for something that's going to give you lower accuracy. Um, so I recommend probably a, a headset from the likes of Andrea, Andrea Electronics or Plantronics. They're both good um, voice recognition uh, companies. And you're looking at anything up to about 40 to $50 for, for something that's going to be spot on. And, and again, it should always be USB. Make sure it is USB. Don't bother with the, you know, the little three and a half millimeter analog jacks. You don't want those. Uh, use USB every time and you're good to go. Okay. All right. So I, I guess next uh, you were getting ready to talk about computers. Yeah. And, and I guess the next step is is your computer. And, and it may be that, you know, you don't necessarily have to go out and spend crazy money. Um, you might already have, you know, perfectly acceptable hardware, but you're probably going to want something with at least an i5 processor. Um, so, you know, it can be Mac or PC, doesn't matter. Uh, but you need at least an i5 processor for, for really quick recognition. Otherwise, you're just going to be sitting there waiting for it to appear on screen. Um, and you, you're looking at 8 gigs of RAM as a, as a good uh, level. I think anything less than that will work. I've used a Surface Pro 4 with an i5 and 4 gigs of RAM, and it worked just fine. Oh, really? Uh, oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, it was a, a, that's, a, that's a dream portable setup. It really is. Uh, the only thing I would say is that you can't have like, you know, f- 32 Chrome tabs open at the same time. Mm-hmm. You know, you're going to have to kind of work within the limits of what you've got. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the newer version of Dragon for, for, for Windows uh, is actually quite, uh, it's not very resource intensive at all. It's certainly not as bad as some of the older versions. Uh, so you, you'll find that, you know, four gigs of RAM and you're just dictating into Notepad or something like that. No problem whatsoever. You're gonna you're gonna get perfectly good uh, speedy recognition. Uh, and for Macs, it's slightly different because there are two options on the Mac. You can either uh, buy Dragon for the Mac itself, uh, which is it has all sorts of issues, or you can install the Windows version uh, on a Mac using Parallels or or Boot Camp or something like that. But again, if you're gonna do that, you've got to bear in mind it needs to be a little bit more meaty. You're gonna need probably again, at least eight gigs of RAM, a MacBook Pro or something like that to, to be able to do that. Some of the, you know, the older MacBook Airs with four gigs are, are going to struggle. And an SSD, sorry, and an SSD is Oh, okay, imperative. all right, okay. <laughs> Make sure you're running an SSD as well. It makes a world of difference. Yeah, and I am, I am running, right now I'm running uh, this interview on a five-year-old MacBook Pro that uh-huh. has an SSD, that has the appropriate chip, and has 16 gigabytes of memory. It would probably work fine under Parallels. It sounds like oh, it would. It would be. A, it would be a blast under Parallels. That would be absolutely fine. Okay. Yeah. It, okay. No problems there. And also, you, you're talking about one of the, the MacBooks there that was upgradable. Yes. <laughs> so, oh, oh, yes. Big advantage. Uh, you know, these new MacBooks that aren't <laughs> upgradable. It's just I. I, I want to go back and buy a new one that's one version away from the current version because the current <laughs> right. version is just an absolute non-starter. For the me. problem is finding them now, isn't it? It's Best they're Buy. like gold dust. Yeah, Best yeah. Buy. You can still you can still get them at Best Buy. So I just need to right. get one. Okay. Yeah. So what else? We've got microphones. We've got uh, computer hardware, and then you need to buy the software, right? Yeah, you got to buy the software, and, and this is where it gets really complicated because <laughs> there's so many different versions of Dragon. It's 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 ludicrous. Um, and I mean, let let me just break it down in really simple terms. The current consumer version of Dragon that writers should consider buying, if they they have a PC or they want to run the PC version on a Mac, 
the current version is Dragon Naturally Speaking Premium version 13. And that actually came out several years ago, but it is still the current consumer version. And uh, there is also a home version, which I don't recommend. It's cheaper, but it doesn't allow you to do something called transcription. And transcription is the killer feature of Dragon. That's where you can dictate anywhere, anytime using a voice recorder or using your smartphone. And then you just pull the audio file into Dragon later. Oh, okay. Killer feature. Uh, yeah, I couldn't figure out why you were saying we needed that that other the transcription stuff on the on the phones sure. and things. So now now it makes sense. All right, that's the killer feature. I mean, it's like you, you mentioned Stephanie on a treadmill. Mm-hmm. You know, so so she will. I mean, I'm just assuming she's probably recording straight into a voice recorder uh, using a headset as she's walking on the treadmill, and then she just sticks that audio file into her computer later, and Dragon just sucks it in and spits all the words out on the screen it's like magic it's absolutely fantastic and you can do that obviously out on you can go for a walk if you're sitting stuck in traffic if you've got a long commute you know you can literally um dictate anywhere at any time and you have to have the transcription feature within your version of dragon to be able to do that so dragon naturally speaking premium 13 allows you to do that Home thirteen doesn't. Okay, and how much how much should we expect to pay for for that? Premium thirteen is currently around. I think it's just under seventy dollars at the minute. It's oh, pretty cheap. Okay, yeah, that is um, because the current current version is Dragon Professional Individual fifteen, um, and that uh, runs at about three hundred dollars. But the differences are negligible. Um, okay. I, I really, I, I think as long as you follow the sorts of things I, I highlight in my book in order to to get your accuracy as high as possible, you're not going to see much difference. Um, there is what's called the deep learning um, speech recognition engine in the new version of Dragon 15. But, you know, really, I mean, are we really going to see a huge difference? Uh, I, I don't think so. Once you've hit, again, about 99% accuracy, it's not going to get any better. Mm-hmm. Um so those are the PC sides of things. And then if you're on the Mac, it gets a little bit stickier because every Mac version has had issues. Um, and the last version, which was called Dragon for Mac 5, um, that what happens is they, they no longer update it when they bring a new version out. They tend to bring a new version of the software out every September. And last September, Dragon for Mac 5 hit version 5.0.5. And that's it. There's gone, not going to be any more updates. And the problem with that is it uh, may get knocked out by you know an update to the operating system or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so the current version of Dragon for the Mac is version 6, professional individual version 6. But it is riddled with problems. It is well documented. Uh, it's probably the most unstable version of the software they've ever released and, you know, for a good couple of months after the release, it was completely unusable, completely unusable. Uh, it's now got to the point where it's fairly stable, but, you know, it, it's it's about $300. And I really don't know if it's worth paying $300 for something that's so flaky. So you may be better off using or running the PC version on your Mac. Um, yeah. And what's Parallels? 50 bucks. Parallels, yeah, $50, $60, something yeah. like that. Um, obviously, a Windows license as well. But a Windows, uh, here's the interesting thing. The Windows um, 10 upgrade is still free from Microsoft if you are using assistive technologies. And guess what? Dragon is an assistive technology. So, uh, you know, you can still download the uh, Windows 10 license from um, Microsoft uh, for that purpose. So, And how do you, how do, you do that? How do you, how do you let them know that you don't have to pay? They don't ask. Oh. <laughs> they don't ask. You know, if you go to the Microsoft website, uh, just do a Google search for Windows 10 uh, assistive technologies or whatever, or just assistive, and there's the ISO, and you install it. And if you've got a previous license, a Windows 7 or 8 license, you can just put that key in, and it'll upgrade you for no with no problem. So the, 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 the installer is actually the assistive technology installer, but they don't check, and they don't seem to care. So <laughs> there okay. you go. Well, cool. Um, anything else in terms of hardware and software that we need to consider? I, I think that's that's pretty much it. But I think the important thing is, and, and this is something that really surprised me, uh, is how many writers I know use Macs 
uh, it's virtually all of them. And it's incredible because obviously PCs have the the much higher market share allegedly although i think that's skewed by enterprise and and by education markets and things like that um, but when it comes to to writers and you know anybody in the creative industries everyone seems to be on a mac and sadly the the mac version of the software is is really you know it's never going to be as good as the pc version for various reasons it has some serious issues, uh, which prevent it from ever being as good as the PC version. I remember the the last time I seriously considered this was mm. after talking to someone who'd had a lot of success with it, and I went to Amazon and, and looked at the reviews for the Mac version, and like, I'm not buying yeah. this software. Yeah. It just looks like complete junk. But this all makes sense, doing it this way, spending the, the extra money for Parallels, buying a $70 version, and especially if you can get Windows for free, it, it really becomes uh, very reasonable. Sure, but but I mean, even if you decided to go for the Mac version, the current Mac version is is three hundred dollars, and you know the previous one it still works, but you know for how long? That's the problem. Uh, that's about fifty, sixty dollars now, but the the current version is three hundred dollars. I mean, if you were to go out and buy Dragon Naturally Speaking Premium for the PC, plus Parallels, plus even buy a Windows license, it's still not going to come to three hundred dollars. Yeah. So, and the, the beauty of something like Parallels, or I think it's VMware Fusion is the other one. Mm -hmm. um, Parallels I use, and, and it has something called coherence mode. And that's just, again, like magic. You press a button, and the entire Windows desktop disappears. And uh, Dragon, naturally speaking, just runs on your Mac desktop as if it's a Mac program. So you can literally have Dragon, naturally speaking, sitting there. You can have, you know, Apple Pages open or whatever next to it. And you can dictate and paste into pages without any issue. I've actually done a couple of videos on it on, on my blog. Um, so it's a minor, you know, uh, inconvenience. But, you know, you're running effectively two operating systems at the same time. Yes. But it's it's a far better version of the software in the long run. I, I, I agree. It, it is. Um, well, uh, in, in terms of parallels, I love parallels. I took it off my my machine because I was uh, resource constrained in terms of the hard drive. And I replaced the hard drive with a larger hard drive that was an SSD. So I don't have that problem anymore. But it does because you're running two operating systems. It, it sucks up some space. So you need to have the extra storage to do that. I've also tried VMware, VM Fusion. I, yeah. I it's it's not as user friendly, at least to me, as as Parallels. So, if you're out there and in the Mac world considering it, uh, my recommendation would be to use Parallels. Yeah, I mean, if you know what you're doing, there's even something called VirtualBox. Oh, which I've is, tried that too, and oh it's my free. gosh, yeah. But my God, is it complex? It is. Yes, it is. <laughs> yeah. uh, it is so, way crazy. But I need yeah. I need to run a Windows machine to do my taxes, my business taxes every right. year. So I cobbled together something on my Mac every year to do this. And yeah. I, I did that virtual box thing one time, one year, and it's like, I'm never doing this again. That's yeah. just horrible. <laughs> just pay the $60 and get Palo yes. <laughs> yes, yes. So let's, uh, let's talk for a minute about sort of training your mind for the process. And I know this is sort of an in-depth topic and, and one that you're actually writing another book about, right? Training your mind to, to, to go through this process? That's right. Yeah, I've got a book um, coming out uh, in the very near future. So that one's called Training Your Brain to Work to Write with Dragon. Um, and this is the one area where people still seem to to stumble. You know, they don't believe that they can uh, talk instead of type, you know, and I've, I've never understood it. I've never understood that because I know everybody has, you know, a workflow and all that sort of thing. But writing is not typing. You know, it's just not, you know, the keyboard, the QWERTY keyboard is a man-made invention. You know, it was made to slow us down, actually. It was um, designed to slow typewriters down. When the hammers used to hit into each other, they designed the keyboard a certain way so they, you know, so they didn't keep getting jammed. Um, so it's actually designed to slow down typists. And, you know, you, you forget people used to write with a, with a feather <laughs> dipped into ink. <laughs> so, you know, we haven't always used keyboards, you know. And, you know, I, look, don't get me wrong. I think we've become so used to keyboards. You could argue that, you know, like like the mouse, it's, it's just the perfect input device um, for certain things. But to me, it's, it's not how it's not it's not writing. It's typing. It's a different, you know, um, thing entirely. Writing is a mindset, I, I believe. And, you know, one thing I've found through dictation 
again, I, I had to use it. I didn't have a choice. I had to use it. And I, I very quickly became used to it. And that kind of proved to me that you can get over the typing hump. It's not a problem. Um, but, you know, one thing to bear in mind is that, you know, talking can actually make you a better writer. Now, people don't seem to realize this, you know, but dictating can make you a better writer. And I've certainly found that. I've noticed a lot of people have said to me that my books read as if I'm talking directly to to them, you know. I've had that a few times where people have said, you clearly dictated this because I'm reading it and I feel like it's, you know, you just talking directly to me. And one thing I noticed as well when I, with some of the fiction I've written is that my dialogue got way better, way, way better. I used that to, I, can, I can really imagine, yes. Yeah, because I, I, would, I would have like a really long USB cable stretched across the room. I'd have a headset on and I'd be walking around, pacing, flailing my arms, you know, getting into the story. And whenever I was doing dialogue, I would be doing that dialogue as if I was a character, you know. So you start to act a little bit more than than just write, you know. You start to become the character as you're writing it. And uh, and I found my dialogue went through the roof, you know. It was way better than than anything I used to write. I found that my characters were talking to each other more naturally, you know, and they were cracking jokes. And <laughs> I found myself as I was dictating, kind of laughing along, you know. So. Uh, for me, it's all about just making that tiny little, you know, adjustment. And once you've done it, you, I, you won't go back. You really won't. It, it, if you can make it click in your mind that it's okay to talk instead of type, uh, you'll get to a point, hopefully, it, and the accuracy has got to be high. You know, don't get me wrong. Otherwise, it becomes frustrating. So you've got to know that you're going to get high accuracy. Um, but as long as you do all those things, I, I think it, it's pretty much life changing for, for a lot of writers and, and, and their workflow. OK, I don't know about everybody else, but I am totally sold on this. So I am, I'm actually going to do it this time instead of just thinking about it. I'm going to do it. I posted the fact that I was going to be interviewing you inside the Author mm. Biz Facebook group prior to doing this interview. We're recording this on yep. January 10th. It will go live uh, the following Monday. So uh, I have some questions uh, from inside there. So we'll just kind of hit these really quickly, if you don't mind. Okay. All right. The first first question is from Martha Carr, who says, I have a mild southern accent and I'm constantly finding words that Dragon doesn't understand. Are there any shortcuts besides training as I find them? Uh, yes. First and foremost, uh, again, I'll come back to uh, what I said earlier about setting up a profile with documents you've written. That's probably something most people don't do. Um, so if she, again, just prints out 2,000 words of something she's written, dictate it to Dragon, correct it, save the profile, exit the program, go back into Dragon again, do do the same with another 2,000 words, a different 2,000 words, obviously. Mm -hmm. um, correct it, save the profile, exit Dragon. Do that two or three times, bang, that's it. It, it should know the nuances of her accent and her voice. And um, one thing she she can do, if there's any specific words that she uses or specific words that she pronounces, you know, in a, in a certain way, um, you can train Dragon to uh, learn your pronunciation of them. So within uh, the program, there's something called the vocabulary editor, and you can add words to that. You can add words that you know, a bit like Stephanie's Japanese character names, for example, mm -hmm. you can you can add words to it that would never be in Dragon's vocabulary, you know. OK, but you can you can add the words, but you can then uh, select to actually train Dragon as well. And it will ask you to save a word um, and it'll record that and it'll, it should get it every time after that. You can also add phrases as well and you can even add commands. So there, there is. Um, there's a killer feature, again, called auto text within Dragon. So, for example, if you wanted to insert an address uh, every time uh, on a uh, letterhead or something like that, or if you were just you know, writing a letter, mm -hmm. you can say insert home address or insert business address or whatever it is, and boom, it'll, it'll insert it. So you can actually go into uh, the auto text feature, uh, insert the text that you want to be put in every single time, and then it'll insert that text exactly. And that works well for really difficult character names or place names as well. So in, if you've got something called, you know, the kingdom of Osmetapan or something ridiculous <laughs> to pronounce, you can just call it, um, 
you could you could use a command, create an auto text command called insert kingdom name, and it'll it'll put it in as you oh, written it. Oh, cool. Oh, yeah. So if, yeah. if you're a science fiction writer, that, that might Absolutely. really come in helpful. So All right. George R. R. Martin would love it if yes. he didn't use WordStar, but you know, it's <laughs> <laughs> it's a terrific feature. So All there's right. loads of little tricks, loads of little tricks, and, and hopefully that should, that should see her on the right path. Okay, next question is from Doug Doro, and I think we've answered these, but I'm going to read the question anyway because you, okay. you may have a, a more specific answer for Doug. I've seen some posts that the latest version for the Mac isn't as good as the PC version and that it may be better to get the PV, PC version and run it on a partition on the Mac. Thoughts? And then uh, he goes further to dictate – all of the punk pa- punctuation or not in the first dictated draft, how hard is it to keep in flow saying open quote, close quote, et cetera, et cetera? And, and we've talked about yeah. some of this, but if you could just address uh, the specifics of his question, I'd appreciate it. Okay. Well, the, I mean, the punctuation first, yep, that, it, you do get used to it. You really do. It, it becomes second nature, uh, and it becomes second nature pretty quickly. Um, you'd, you'd be so surprised. Um but I would say in terms of flow, it may benefit you if you're writing fiction. It may benefit you to be more of a plotter than a pantser. Um, so if, you, if you're someone who plots things out, uh, that might help a little bit. So, you know, if you know what you're going to be writing, if you're going to do a specific scene or, or a, a, a section of dialogue, it might be a good idea to plot that out a little bit beforehand. And you can, again, you can dictate your plot now. That's what, you know, I dictate into OneNote. I do all of my plotting in one note. Um, and then, you know, I think it's important to actually dictate all of that punctuation because, it, again, you're doing yourself a disservice in the long run. Uh, you do need to, to get used to doing it. Um, so on that one, I would say stick with it. it. It is harder if you're writing fiction simply because of all of those, you know, sections of dialogue and things. But Again, you get used to it. I think if you're doing nonfiction or blogging or whatever, it's it's a breeze. It's a real godsend. Okay, and Doug Doug also mentioned using a partition on the Mac. I, that would be the way yeah. to do it if you're using the uh, what's what's the term? Bootcamp, isn't it? Bootcamp. Yeah, boot yes. Camp. Um, par- parallels and and uh, VM Fusion are not partitions. They're just programs that run, right? That's right. I mean, it, it's really up to you how you do it. If you're confident um, using Bootcamp and running Windows in a separate partition on your Mac, uh, then obviously that will give you all the resources of your Mac um, under Windows. You know, and you could set up uh, like cloud storage both in the Mac partition and in the Windows partition. So you just maybe save your dictation to, say, Google Drive or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then when you boot back into the Mac partition, there it is waiting for you in your Google Drive in the Mac partition. So, you know, that's one way of doing it. The other way of doing it, as you as you mentioned earlier, was, was Parallels um, or, you know, VMware Fusion or whatever. The thing I would say in regard to his question about the Mac version not being as good, it isn't. It simply isn't. Yeah. Um, it's okay. Don't get me wrong. It's okay for straightforward dictation. If you just want to dictate, get words down, it'll work. It's actually got the same uh, recognition engine as the PC version. It's exactly the same engine. Uh, the problem is it has nowhere near the, the same level of customizability. It doesn't have the same level of being able to make corrections. Um, So your accuracy is always going to hit a ceiling on the Mac version, especially with transcription. Transcription on the PC version, you can make corrections just as as if you had dictated it directly in. You can't do that on the Mac version. It literally takes your audio file, spits it out into a Word document, and that's it. You can't train it to, you know, correct the things it got wrong. So how can it ever improve? It simply can't. You know, so it, it, it has these ceilings in the Mac version which prevent it from uh, ever really being quite as good. Um, okay. and, and Stephanie says it, you'll definitely want to mention the Dragon Group because it's super helpful. Uh, why don't you yeah. go ahead and mention that Dragon Group? It's called Dragon Riders, R-I-D-E-R-S, uh, Dragon Riders on uh, Facebook. And it's it's not my group. <laughs> I'm, I'm a humble member, but okay. uh, it's a terrific group. And I hang out there quite a bit and try to, to help people out as much as I can on there. Okay. And then Dan Stout, under Stephanie's comment, says, I second this. The Dragon Riders group is full of good information and should be a first stop for anyone looking into dictation options. 
Absolutely. They've actually, they've actually got a, can I quickly mention, at yep. the top of the page, they've got a files section. That's your first port of call. There's loads of information in there about microphones, books to read, all that sort of stuff. Okay, cool. Uh, Janice Cumberledge. Uh, she's mm. like me. She was a skeptic. Um, okay. She said, I'd like to know if he has any tips on transforming your mind to speaking the words rather than writing them down. It feels like it's a different mental game, and I'm not sure if I would end up with the same words from speaking them out loud. Convince me uh, that I can and should do it. And you've convinced me. So well, I, don't, I don't know whether you've convinced Janice or not yet. I've done the job. I, <laughs> for me, it comes down to, again, writing is not typing. Um, I, it comes down to the insurance policy of, you know, what if you're injured? What if you have RSI? What if your back gives out? What if you cannot write uh, or rather cannot type, you know, because writing is not typing, don't forget. Um, so there's that. For me, it's for productivity. I don't know how, you know, it's funny. I, I hear a lot of people saying, well, I'm, st I'm such a fast typist. I can do 120 words per minute or whatever. Um, I don't need to, to dictate. And that's like, well, that's great. But, you know, I hope, you, I hope your joints never give out. You know, I hope your fingers never give out. For me, it's another weapon in your arsenal. You know, it gives you options. And in terms of um, actually transforming your mind, as she put it, to speak in the words, for me, it's about just getting into the mindset by dictating everything. And I mean everything. So text messages, emails, blog posts, anything, forum posts. I use Siri or Google Now on my smartphones or my, my iPad, my iPhone, as much as possible. Even if it's, you know, really frustrating at first, you think, oh, this is, you know, hopeless. It's not getting what I'm saying. Just stick with it. It'll get you into that mindset of dictation. And it's funny, we had a, a couple of friends over on the weekend and all of us were sitting around, there were four of us, and they, we all had uh, smartphones. Uh, three of us had iPhones. One of us had an Android phone. And I was the only one who dictated anything into my phone. And I, I was stunned. And one, you know, one of the people there was saying, well, what's the point? It's just as quick to you know, make an appointment in my calendar by typing it. And I said, let's, let's test that then. And I, I said, you know, hey, Siri, or whatever it was, open Siri up. And I said, um, make an appointment at 6 p.m. for me tomorrow. And it did it. And she was like, okay, okay, yeah, okay, I, I get it. It's faster, <laughs> you know. <laughs> and it, for me, it's that, again, that efficiency that you quickly develop. It's so much quicker to say, you know, to, to, to Siri, set my alarm for 7.30 tomorrow morning than it is to pull out the phone, go into the alarm app, uh, scroll down the numbers, press okay. You know, it, it's it's about productivity as well as health. So if you can – practice it as much as possible by dictating into your phone, you quickly find that starts to bleed over into writing on your computer as well. Okay. So that and, those would be my tips. All right. And Carol Newsom kind of seconded uh, Janice's comments, her, her mm. comment, and I, I think we've covered this, but I can dictate sentences after I think them, but it's very mm. stop and go while I can type independently and get into a flow state. Any hints on how to get over that would be helpful. It sounds like your hint is to just do it as often as possible in, in different situations, even using your yep. phone or whatever it may be. Let it become second nature. But the, the one tip I would say, if you need to get into a flow state, and I think it's an important, that's a really good uh, uh, way of putting it, actually, to get into that flow state is to close your eyes, sit back in a chair, and do not look at the screen. That is the number one thing I think you should do when you use Dragon. Once you've done the initial training, and it's you know it's going to be pretty accurate from that point on, so stop looking at the screen. Just sit back, close your eyes, and dictate, and just talk. You know, just talk your story and let the words appear on screen. You can fix them later because what we're really trying to do here is, is get a first draft done. You know, we're still going to have to edit later, mm -hmm. um, and dictating isn't editing, just like, you know, typing your first draft isn't editing. So what we're really doing here is is just trying to get that first draft done as quick as we can. So I don't I recommend not looking at the screen at all. And that is beneficial in training you for transcription, because every time you, you use a voice recorder or a smartphone app to uh, record audio to bring into Dragon later, you're not going to have a screen then either. You know, you're going to be just dictating away. So, like again, like Stephanie on her treadmill, you know, mm -hmm. I'm assuming she's not looking at a screen. So 
get into the habit of doing that. And I always, um, I'll, I'll just dictate away, even if, you know, I'm doing it directly into the computer. And when I'm done, I'll look at the screen, I'll scan over it, see what mistakes it's made and do my corrections then. Uh, and, and I'm done, you know, so, so try and get into that flow state that way by stop looking at the screen, stop looking at every word appearing, although it's magical, you know, it, it makes you want to correct and edit as you go when you do that. So stop looking at the screen. Yeah. Great tip. So, Scott, um, where can people find the Writer's Guide to Training Your Dragon? Uh, they can find it everywhere. 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 <laughs> everywhere. Fine books it's are sold. <laughs> available in uh, ebook, paperback, and audiobook. Uh, it's on Amazon, obviously. It's, uh, it's, it's pretty much it's, it's on all the sites. It's on Barnes & Noble as well. It's on uh, Apple and so on. Um, but if you go to my website, www.traininyourdragon.com, and you'll see all the links to it from there. All right, so uh, we've been chatting with Scott Baker. Remember, you can find show notes and links to everything we've mentioned today, including links to Scott's book and his website at theauthorbiz.com. Thanks, Scott, for being here today. Thanks so much for having me, Stephen. And thanks to everyone out there for listening. If you have questions, post them in the Author Biz Facebook group. Scott will be there, and he can help uh, answer those questions. Thanks so much for listening. We will be back again soon.